Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Motor Up Sports. I'm your host, Kenny Eaton, and today we have a little bit of stuff to go over, starting off with some Harbaugh talk about how Spiro reported yesterday that Donovan Edwards and the Michigan football team still hasn't visited the museum, the Holocaust Museum. Some MSU basketball talk. And then I want to finish off with a little bit of Lions talk because I, I think it's important to go through this throughout the offseason. But I want to start first for almost episode 62 about Michigan. And this Donovan Edwards situation. I, I know Donovan. I used to hoop with him. He's a good guy. but And I, I do believe he's a good kid. I don't think he's anti-Semite at all either. But the situation is awkward, to say the least. People forget that he grew up in West Bloomfield, Michigan, a pr pretty much one of the most Jewish populations in the United States, if not the world. West Bloomfield, Bloomfield Hills, Farmington, that entire area is pretty big Jewish community. So that's the first part where I think it's awkward, is that you grew up with a bunch of Jewish people. You hooped in a gym called the JCC with me for years. And then you retweet those two things and call it a glitch. Look, I'm not saying he's a bad kid or anything. I'm just throwing out facts on the table. And then to double down on that and call it a glitch, it's a bad look. It's a bad look on the program. It's a bad look on him. It's a bad look on Harbaugh. It's just a bad look all around. And then Harbaugh doesn't even – if Harbaugh suspended him for the first quarter, I would have sat there and been like, okay, fair. One quarter suspension, I probably wouldn't have complained. That would have been the bare minimum for me. I personally thought he should have been set out for half of that game. What I'm upset about, and you guys will call me, you know, a Sparty for this. You guys will say, you know, cry more, whatever. Say whatever you want. But this isn't about Michigan, Michigan State. This is about being a man of your word. This is about teaching a lesson for a mistake that somebody made. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody does. But you have to be held accountable for your mistakes. He's a good kid. I agree. But I do think it's a little disturbing that he grew up in an area of predominantly Jewish people. He was like two and a half miles away from the Holocaust Museum. And that happened. And, and the fact that Harbaugh hasn't manned up to his word and made an appointment with the Holocaust Museum. It's just absentine, to say the least. I, I said her all year and said there's zero accountability inside Ann Arbor. I, and it just seems like every week they double down on this. And my narrative of they don't have any accountability there is just, it just keeps going out. And the media, you know, they're not doing their job down there either. And, you know, being a major in media, in, in journalism, you have to ask some questions, man. Where has the scrutiny gone from when Harbaugh was eight and four to, yeah, I mean, he's got Michigan at the best. This is the best Michigan's ever looked in my life and in many, many people's lives. This is the best Michigan's looked. And then all of a sudden the media just disappears. No, they don't report anything. The fact that Justin Spiro had to dig into this and report it, where a reporter could have asked a simple question, follow-up question. Hey, uh, have you booked the museum appointment 
for Donovan Edwards in Michigan. But that hasn't been done yet. And now we're a month past the season. And like Spiro said, this takes months of planning because of so many people that you have to bring to the museum and that you have to close the museum for this. It's not about, do I think that Donovan Edwards is an anti-Semite? Because I don't think so. It's more going back to the point of you need to be a man of your word and you need to teach lessons as a head coach. And unfortunately, the pride comes before the fall. We're, we're seeing it right now. You know, Every week there's this new thing that comes out about Michigan football. At some point, something big's coming out. Something that I, I guarantee this is just the start of a huge downfall of Michigan sports. There's a lot going on inside that athletic department that needs to be cleaned up. Like, I'm not talking about like one or two tiny issues. I mean, they've had issues and issues on issues since Anderson. And I think this goes back to Harbaugh because the regent said he was going to take the trip. And Harbaugh, supposedly what Spiro was saying, Harbaugh doesn't want to take the trip and it's never going to happen. This is like playing a guy. This is the same guy that played a guy on a gun charge felony all year or felony gun charge all year. Should I be really surprised on this? No. Is it very disturbing from the fact that you're basically saying to the media, to the world, anti-Semitism is allowed in my program? I'm not saying that he's an anti-Semite. All I'm saying is you can say stuff like that and get away with it in Ann Arbor for some reason. Maybe he ran a little bit in practice the next day. Is that how you're going to punish a kid? Is you know Diamond's going to be a great player. Diamond's going to be an NFL player one day. And this is probably just a small, isolated issue. You won't. You probably won't hear another thing about something going on with Donovan. Edwards. The problem I have here is you have the gun. You have this. You have coaching circus every year. You still haven't even signed the deal, pen to paper, the extension. But you know. It's all verbal agreements and like 80,000 announcements saying, I'm returning, I'm a Michigan man, because I need to get the job offer. Or I want to go to Denver because Denver's a shit destination. Yeah, Michigan fans will say it's just a burger. I don't care. It's a level one violation. Your coach is pending a level one violation right now. Okay, so that's going for you. Then on top of that, you sat there and criticized every Michigan State player that was involved and made a mistake too. But they're horrible human beings and they're the worst people ever. And yeah, and then that's what goes on in Ann Arbor. But you have that going on. And I, I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning of Harbaugh, to when the issues just started right away. I'm not talking about these issues of accountability, but the circus that Harbaugh brings with you. Remember the early years, 2014, 15, 16, Harbaugh, screaming at the refs, throwing shit, getting unsportsmanlike penalties, you name it, Harbaugh was getting them all. All the antics, sleeping over recruits' houses, making a song. It's a circus what goes on there. And no wonder why no NFL team wants to touch him, besides the Denver Broncos. Or the dumbest 
franchise in the NFL, and it's not even close. And I don't blame Harbaugh if they circle back to him for him to say no to that offer. Because if Arizona came around and said, Harbaugh, we want you, Harbaugh would have gone to Arizona. Denver's just a horrible opening. You don't have picks for the next four or five years. And you're, you have a 35-year-old quarterback who sucks. And I say that in the nicest way. So why would you take that opening? There's nothing good there in Denver. So, I mean, of course, he's going to return to Michigan, but there's just always something. There's always something. And the media doesn't do their job. They ask the simple questions because Harbaugh's winning. You know, Harbaugh's winning, so we can't ask the simple questions. At some point, I don't know when it's going to happen, Harbaugh's going to get hit with a lack of institutional control violation. I'm telling you. Because this is just a start. There will be a big downfall in the next five or six years. Harbaugh's a great football coach. Brilliant football mind. One of the best coaches in college football, if not all of football. And if you're a Michigan State fan or an Ohio State fan and you can't say that, then you can't speak on it. Harbaugh's a phenomenal coach, but he's a piece of shit human being. Guy knows how to win, but he wants to win at all costs. And unfortunately, that's going to bite him in the ass in the next couple of years if this continues at Michigan, if he even stays there, because we're going to have another coaching circle carousel thing next year where he's going to do his little interview process. I mean, this is not ending until he gets an offer he likes. I think if the Vikings offered him last year, 100% gone. It's just a PR media. It's just a media stunt. But just, it's a joke. What goes on in Ann Arbor. And if you're a Michigan fan and you sit here and you want, you know, because you're Spartan, you think this. It's not about green and white and maybe blue in this. It's about being a simple human being. It's the simple human being aspect of a dude made a mistake. We have a very light punishment because I, they gave him the lightest punishment that we were criticizing at the time, too. So this wasn't like a thing we were not criticizing the punishment. I mean, we were criticizing the punishment days before the game. So for all that to happen, and then for Harbaugh to not book a trip to the Holocaust Museum, play a guy in a gun charge, and, and just lie to media because, and just lie to everybody because you want to do things your way, and nobody can stand in the way of me doing my things my way. Unfortunately, that's how guys get fired. I mean, it, it just is. It's how guys get double one violations because you can't be held accountable. You know, Regents wanted this trip to happen, but Harbaugh never did. You know, it's a simple thing of being a good person. Holocaust Museum was actually really excited to host Donovan Benefits. And they were excited to educate him and teach him about hate speech. And you know what? It's not like the Holocaust Museum is like, we don't want Donovan Edwards here. We don't want him near our facilities, whatever. They invited him there and said they were excited to see him, according to Spiro. The aspect of being a good human being. And if you can't realize that as a Michigan fan, that you can't hold your team accountable for anything, you can't see that with your own eyes, and you can't, and you're going to sit here and say, well, you're just a crying Spartan. 
uh, because you think that a guy should be suspended, it's not your problem. And you know what? That's exactly what's wrong with Michigan right now. Is that they will back this dude like he's Jesus Christ. Unbelievable to me. But I want to move into some Michigan State basketball today. Very, very, very atrocious game against Purdue. I turned that off at halftime. It's just, it's, it's frustrating. But I did say they were barely going to be a tournament team coming in this year. That was my expectation. Just make it as like an 11 seed, 10 seed. And so far, according to every bracketology I've seen, Michigan State's a seven. So, so far, I mean, yeah, the ground between seven and 10 is not massive this year. The fact we got Michigan State at a seven seed right now, so far, the trajectory of the season, you just got through the toughest stretch of your season after Rutgers on Saturday, where you're just playing a bunch of bubble teams here and there and in between. But I think the expectation still remains the same. You know, I, I just don't think they're anything better than a round two exit. Um, they might get past first. But they're exceeding my expectations right now. That's all I can ask for. I mean, they're going to come across a two seed or a one seed because that's where they're going to end up in the bracket. They're going to play a team like Kansas, like Alabama, like they already did this year. They're going to come across Houston in the second round. And we've seen it all year. I mean, Michigan State, yeah, they're losing these close games by like one or two points. They're going to blow out a few games. I mean, they got blown out against Purdue blown out against IU, but those were both road games. And then Notre Dame on the road, which Notre Dame's a bad loss. I mean, you can't get blown out to Notre Dame. But the moral of the story is, I mean, to see these net rankings, have them in the late 40s. And if the people that are selecting for March Madness are, if they go by, Net rankings. Michigan State's couldn't be as low as a 10 and get screwed. But, I mean, right now, you you have some quality wins. You have some close losses against good teams. But the run into a team in a neutral site, more than likely if you're playing a team like Alabama or you're playing a team like Kansas, they're going to be closer to the home court. So you're going to be playing probably close to a road game. I mean, they can get past the second round. The sky's the limit. I mean, anything can happen from there, but the, it's just going to be a very tough path. Um, the expectation remains the same for March, but I think they're exceeding my regular season expectations so far. They're playing exactly the basketball I think they should have been playing coming in. The big man plays abysmal. The guard play is fantastic. You finally have Aikens developing. And then Hall and Hauser have played really good basketball this year. I've stepped it up. So I can't sit there and complain because everything I wanted this season and expected this season is happening. Now, will I bitch about, you know, the whole thing of we don't have a big? Yes. Am I going to sit there and bitch that we have no bench? Yes. But they're exceeding my expectations right now. And then my final segment of the day is I want to talk Lions for a bit. You have 6-18. and 18. I don't hate the idea of drafting a corner at six, but I think, I mean, it's just tough because drafting a corner at six is basically saying, hey, we need a pro bowler, right? We're getting a pro bowler at, at corner and we're getting our franchise cornerback. We're getting our Patrick Peterson's little role. Darius Slay wasn't, you know, first round pick, but we're getting our Darius Slay of the role. We're getting our Jalen Ramsey of the role. 
Because Christian Gonzalez, he's good. But I mean, I, I don't see this like crazy pro bowler status out of it like this you can't pass up Devin Witherspoon this it's just not like there's a guy sitting there screaming I'm going to be the number one corner from day one and I'm just going to dominate the NFL now I could be very wrong but you're not getting your Charles Woodson you're not getting your Patrick Peterson you're just getting a, a number one corner out of it I think which is okay but I think if you're going to draft corner, you straight down to like 9, 10, 11, 12 range. But on the flip side, a guy like Miles Murphy, if you get very lucky, which I doubt's going to happen, maybe by some luck that teams trade up for quarterbacks, maybe Jalen Carter or Will Anderson are on the board. You, you just run to the podium and draft them. But the reality of the story is, your options at six are going to be Miles Murphy, Tyree Wilson, Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, and Brian Brees. Those are your five guys that are going to be discussed at number six. And this is where the Lions got screwed, I think, in this draft. Had they landed a top five pick, you probably would have guaranteed yourself Carter or Anderson. I just, I'm not in love with any prospect at six, right? If you trade down, maybe you can trade down 10, 11, maybe 9. I mean, the Eagles might be willing to trade their pick at 10 to slide up and get another star, but we'll see. I'm also for the Lions moving up into the third slot and guaranteeing themselves a pro bowler on the D-line. And I'm not opposed to that either. To guaranteeing yourself Carter or Anderson. Because you have money for free agency. Let's just assume... You bring back all those Scott, you, you bring back Anzalone, Bugs, and Kaminsky on pay cuts to play depth. They're good depth. There's nothing wrong with them just playing a third string role. I, I don't have a problem with second, third string in that practice squad and Kaminsky. I don't care. Having them on the roster makes you better. So those three guys re sign, but they're not money. Everybody else is kind of under contract. You got to make a decision on DJ Shark. You're going to have to extend St. Brown soon. And my thought is, if you want to commit the golf, you're going to have to have to extend golf. So you have money that you have to spend this offseason. But I do truly think whoever they draft at 6 and 18, if it is some out of left field pick and they make it, fine, put it on this podcast. I'm not bitching. I'm going to sit there and say, you know what? Home so far has done the best job in the world of evaluating talent. But I also think on the flip side, you're not drafting at six. Why would you draft at six? You know, we've seen it. Holmes has been very aggressive so far as a GM. He's been the most aggressive GM we've seen in Detroit in a very long time. Weaver's just as aggressive. Both of them are very aggressive GMs. So right, you look at Holmes. Nailed the first draft head on. And you got Sewell, Pro Bowl. You got St. Brown, future pro bowler. He, he went out there and, and he, he really messed up on Levi, is what it is. Scratch that, move on. Bad pick there. But you also look at, you know, this draft where he just, in this draft this year could be talked about as one of the best drafts ever. If this keeps panning out the way it is. I mean, he, he has franchise players on defense. 
right now. Killed it with Hutchinson. He made, say what you want about the easy pick. Sometimes GMs overthinking it don't take the easy pick. So you got to give him credit for getting Hutchinson. He, he's lit it up so far. JMO, we see the potential there when he's unleashed next year with Ben Johnson as OC for one more year. I mean, that, that, that offense is going to be just something crazy to see. And then the whole offseason, this golf JMO chemistry is going to come together. I think we're building something special. I mean, he killed the first round. Paschal, great pick. McNeil, great pick. Kirby, great pick. Rodrigo, great pick. Houston, great pick. Whatever he does in this draft, even if it's out of left field, I trust it. I just backed it up with every pick he's made pretty much. He has hit on the head. And we'll see. I mean, a lot of these guys won't be on the roster after their rookie contracts because they're going to be expensive. But you're going to see a lot of these guys that he's drafted, even in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, guys that are going to stick around in the league for a very long time. Like Brock Wright, for example, you know, our seventh round pick, he's not that good of a tight end. Like, I am just throwing that out there. But the guy is very good depth and will be around the league for a very long time as a backup tight end. He's drafting really well, and he's evaluating talent really well. But what I'd like to see him do is trade that six pick and draft at 18, hopefully. You have two seconds to play with. You have a third. You have picks across the board. You have five picks in the first three rounds. Unbelievable start to the rebuild. We're gonna keep. I'm going to keep talking Lions on here, but I want to be back here on – Sometime later this week, I'm trying to figure out, I've just tough schedule, trying to find a job, class, work, whatever, you name it. I, it's crazy what's going on right now. So trying to get another, I'm not trying, I will get another episode in this week. I'm trying to find a good guest to come on because I haven't had a guest in a while. So I will see you guys later this week.